0: This is the message from Connection Community Church for Sunday, December 6th, 2015. More than a Christmas story,
1: expect a miracle. Good morning. Come the long expected Jesus. One of the best known songs in the traditional church in the Advent season. The Advent season being that those weeks leading up to Christmas during which we prepare our hearts and our minds for the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. This Advent season, here at Connection, we're going to explore the idea that the story of Christmas is more than just another Christmas story. It's a whole lot more. Uh, this morning, we're going to explore the idea expect a miracle.
2: Good morning, Connection Church. Good morning. My name is Carrie Jones.
1: I'm Alan Jones.
2: And we are two sinners who have been saved by the grace of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Would you pray with us, please? Thank you, Lord, for gathering us here today to explore this notion that it's more than a Christmas story. It's more than a notion. It's absolute truth. To open our hearts that we might receive whatever you have in store for each one of us just the way we need it. We thank you and praise you for this time together. We pray this in Jesus' name and everybody gathered said. Amen. Amen.
1: So when I was a kid my, my Christmas story could have been entitled Great Expectations. I I so look forward to waking up and discovering our room full of gifts that I often didn't have to wake up because I was up all night, I couldn't sleep literally. Some would say that that's still the case, but I usually do get a little sleep these days. But I remember one year, I don't know, I was eight something, third grade, and oh my goodness, midnight, one, two, three, I started reading a book, I still remember the name of it, Slide Danny Slide, I don't know what it was about, baseball thing or something, but I could not get to sleep. Finally, thank the Lord, it got to be 5.30 and I was able to sneak out into the living room and see what was going on, then go back to bed, finally get some sleep. Yeah.
2: Well, what about you? Did you have great expectations growing up as a child? I guess it all depends on our Christmas experiences that we've had previously. If Christmas is a time of wonder and excitement, a time of asking for something and receiving it, of giving and getting, then chances are good that Christmas was a time of great expectation. On the other hand, you may have experienced Christmas as a time of disappointment, a time for wishing and, and not receiving, a time where what you thought or hoped for just didn't happen. They were unmet expectations, and perhaps that happened enough that it helped to turn Christmas into a more... Negative experience or season, and joyous.
1: People in the first part of the Bible, what we read about in the Old Testament, the Hebrew people there had, had great expectations, but they also had some unmet expectations as well. They had expectations of of because of the prophecies that they had heard, prophecies a telling of what was coming of of, of a coming savior, a Messiah. Messiah means anointed one, the one anointed by God, the Messiah, the one we call Jesus. Now, these prophecies are called messianic prophecies because they pointed to the Messiah, and in the Old Testament there are hundreds of them. Some of the most well-known of these prophecies point specifically to the birth of the Messiah, the birth of Jesus, And, and, and several of these come from the prophets isaiah and micah for example from isaiah 7th chapter 14th verse new international version therefore the lord himself will give you a sign the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him emmanuel
2: so isaiah was a prophet a prophet is god's mouthpiece someone who god uses to share God's truth. Sometimes it's not um, the message that's delivered isn't warm and fuzzy. These prophets really had a tough job. (laughs) Well, the prophet Isaiah shares God's truth about the virgin birth. We saw that right there in that scripture. And he also gives us one of the names that we use for Jesus, Emmanuel, which means God with us god in the flesh god coming in the person of jesus christ to pierce the darkness and bring light and hope a great expectation that's what isaiah was talking about and ch- and and told by god to share now the challenge with this though is that this prophecy that isaiah shared didn't happen Right away. In fact, it was 700 years later. I mean, can you imagine being hopeful and being uh, the Hebrew people expecting, praying for the Messiah, hearing that it's coming, and waiting 700 years? <laughs> How easy it is to be faithful and then things, our prayers, are waiting just. It doesn't come together and possibly we just kind of give up because our expectations go unmet and yet we read that the hebrew people remained faithful they certainly had a lot of ups and downs but faithful for 700 years Well.
1: God gives some other prophecies in Isaiah as well that kind of look toward the coming Messiah, but he also gives a great overview through the prophet Micah, who was a contemporary of Isaiah, lived during around the same time period, even sharing with us where the Savior would be born. Here's what Micah shared, and, and we, we appreciate the, the message, uh, paraphrase of this passage of Scripture. But you, Bethlehem, David's country, the run of the litter, From you will come the leader who will shepherd rule Israel. He'll be no upstart, no pretender. His family tree is ancient and distinguished. Meanwhile, Israel will be in foster homes until the birth pangs are over and the child is born. And the scattered brothers come back home to the family of Israel. He will stand tall in his shepherd rule by God's strength, centered in the majesty of God revealed and the people will have a good and safe home, for the whole world will hold him in respect, peacemaker of the world.
2: And so thanks to Isaiah and Micah and other prophets who shared God's truth, who shared prophecies of a savior who was coming, the Hebrew people had great expectations. Expectations of a Messiah, Emmanuel, god with us born of a virgin coming from bethlehem we read all this hundreds of years before it happened coming from an ancient and distinguished family now other prophecies verify that this family indeed comes from the greatest king in israel we know him as king david yeah so the expectations were finally met after all this time with the birth of the long-expected Jesus. We just sang that, O oh, come, thou long-expected Jesus. Can you just hear the Hebrew people like crying, O oh, come. And then Jesus came in the flesh.
1: Mm. Celebration of this birth, this birth of the Messiah, continues to cause expectations today. Some great, some not so great, some unmet. But what about those with no expectations? The people who for one reason or another aren't expecting anything when Christmas comes. Perhaps it's because their expectations have been unmet too many times in the past. Perhaps it's because having no expectations is a safe place to not have disappointment. Perhaps it's because of a loss that seems to preclude any reason to expect anything. Take a look at this story where there were no expectations and check out what God did with that one.
2: a very responsible nine-year-old boy there. That's a precious picture, Carlton. You were so cute.
1: <laughs> had not changed.
2: Jane says he still is. had not changed. But you know what? You know I haven't done my purchasing yet for our family, and we've got five five mittens here. They represent uh, each grandchild, and it really. Um, kind of changes things because instead of just going out and purchasing the gift there's like a real child like Carlton and his sister Carla who were going to be recipients of this I mean this is real stuff it's not just something we do it's lives that are being touched so I'll probably put a little bit more into it in every way as we do our purchase for our our kids here. Thank you for that reminder. This is important. So the Parker family had, or Carlton, had no expectations and God brought a miracle. God used the people who Esalee worked with, she was in uh, in a school, to rally around. God used God's people for this miracle. Perhaps God would use us to help join God in God's plan for a miracle for someone else. We looked at a couple of weeks ago, uh, generosity as a transforming truth. We believe that and it continues to be so. And this story is an example of that.
1: Mm. Miraculous, a miracle. That makes sense, all the sense in the world, because um, that's what Christmas is all about, isn't it? The real Christmas story, the story the prophets pointed toward hundreds of years in advance, that real Christmas story is the story of a miracle, an absolute miracle.
2: That's what Mary and Joseph were. We're expecting that first Christmas. I mean, think about this. Mary, just a teenager, pregnant. She knew she was a virgin. People were probably saying, yeah, right. But she was told that she was bearing the savior of the world. Wow. Her faith, in my opinion, was a miracle. Amazing. And how about Joseph, who was with her, who was not the father of the baby, but was told in a dream to stay faithful and stick with Mary. That's a miracle. So there, Mary and Joseph, side by side in the stable, expecting the miracle that precious night when the miracle was born. And the shepherds who came, they were told by a heavenly host about the miracle, and they went expecting a miracle the wise men who made a very long trip they went expecting a miracle
1: so what would happen if we came into christmas not just this christmas but every christmas not with mere expectations or even great expectations what would happen if if we if we looked toward this christmas expecting a miracle a miracle. Something we didn't think would happen. Something we didn't think could happen. Something that will only happen with God's intervention.
2: What happens if this Christmas you expect a miracle and really focus in on that? What it requires is prayer. Prayer is a two-way communication. We speak and share with God the depths of our heart, but even more important, it's listening. One mouth, two ears, that's the ratio. What if we took seriously, seeking God's direction as to what miracle we should even pray about, what we can expect, and what does that look like? Well, it looks a little bit different for you than you, than you, than you. The miracles that we need look different For each one of us, perhaps it involves a healing, a healing that could be physical or emotional, psychological. How about a spiritual healing? Perhaps it's expecting a miracle about a situation, a great challenge in your life, basic needs, need for food, shelter, clothing, a job. We know that there are needs like that right here perhaps you're expecting a miracle for someone who's been let down so many times maybe that's you and the miracle is to be able to dream again to be able to hope again perhaps the miracle is faith itself to to accept jesus christ not just as a little baby in a manger, you know, away in the manger, that kind of Just, just the song, but the real person of Jesus Christ, the miracle of the relationship that will stretch us and guide us and change us forever. The miracles are different for each one of us.
1: Mm. Yeah, our God is a God of miracles. Let's read through the Scriptures, miracle after miracle after miracle. And the greatest miracle of all, God loves you and loves you enough to come to earth in human form to save us. And that begins right here at Christmas, right there in the manger. And then 30, 33 years later comes full circle with his death, Resurrection, a miracle from beginning to end, Jesus Christ. Our God is a God of miracles.
2: But the challenge that we have as humans is belief. I mean, do we, it's kind of easy to talk about God, to talk about miracles, to read about them, to point to them. But do we really believe that God can do it? Do we really believe that God can come into our lives and take a situation that is so out of control or so messed up and turn it around? Do we really believe that? Or do we take this academic, historic approach and have it here but don't have it here? Not a whole lot of distance. We just need to connect it to truly believe. Do we believe that the God that we worship, we sang about glorious, glorious? Do we believe that those are just words or that God is glorious over us? Right here, right now, we believe that God is a God of miracles. Right in this room, many of you are in need of a miracle, don't be afraid to pray for one.
1: Hmm. You know, we were in India a few years ago, had the opportunity to preach at a place known as the Church of the Demoniacs. And the reason it's called that is because everyone there uh, who's a believer there has been delivered from a demon, one of Satan's demons. Hmm. After preaching... We had the opportunity to watch a, a missionary friend, not Koshi, we talk a lot about, but another friend named Scott. We got to see Scott pray with people who were obsessed. I love the way he does it because he's so calm. He just has his Bible. I mean, this person's out on the floor riding around and just kind of gently waves his Bible over him and says, in the name of Jesus. He doesn't get all worked up, just very gentle. It's awesome to watch. Amen. And then, and then we had the privilege of watching miraculous transformation, to watch people right in front of our eyes changed. When I mean, people possess, you can tell the way they the look in their eye is just, just different. It's just, and even the look in their eye changes, and transformation takes place as salvation takes hold of that person right there in front of our eyes. Now, miracles still happen.
2: On the other hand, we do not have to go on the other side of the world to see God's miracles in action. We've seen it right here at Connection. We've seen God deliver people from their demons. And yes, Alan, you are exactly right. I have seen one person look one way, and after receiving Jesus Christ into their hearts, their whole face looks different. Their whole person has this different kind of joy Mm. that was not there before. Demons, we've seen demons be, they just flee. Demons of addiction, demons of abuse, demons of fear, the demon of hatred, the demon of self-hatred, the demon of self-centeredness. There are lots of them. The list goes on and on and on, but we've gotten to see God take someone who's far from God or doesn't believe in God at all and say, okay, here I am. I'm going to step out in faith and believe. And their lives are transformed. And they are forever different. And you can just see the fruits of the Spirit come out over time. It is amazing. God is a God of miracles right here, right now.
1: Thanks to some really cheap airfare, thank you, Frontier Airlines, Carrie and I were able to go to North Carolina uh, earlier this week because uh, we're a visitor brother and his family. And, um, and while there, we visited the Billy Graham Library in Charlotte. It's more of a kind of a museum, but from what we understand, that name was already taken so they call it a library.
2: Yes, it is Mm. so worth Mm. the trip Amen to to
1: that. Billy Graham's an evangelist, and if you don't know what that is, an evangelist is a person who shares the message of God's love and salvation, and in Billy's case, does it around the world to millions of people. In fact, he he had an audience one time of over a million people in one sitting in Korea. Anyway, he's done this for over 60 years. He's getting kind of old now, um, near the end of his career, his life. But in a recent publication they have down there, it's called... um, My answer, timeless advice from God's Word, (laughs) how timely is this? The column in this one says, does God still do miracles? And his answer, Billy's answer, Billy Graham's answer, was that God is limitless and that God is quite capable of doing miracles today as he did in Bible times. Otherwise, he says, why would we pray when someone we love falls ill? Why would we pray when evil opposes God's work, if we didn't expect a miracle. And then he shares that much of what God does in the world is hidden from us, that angels are constantly at work in ways that we aren't even remotely aware of, but which have miraculous results. And he goes on to say that the greatest miracle of all is a changed life, a new life in Christ, and that this happens when we open our hearts and minds to Jesus. And then he asked the question, do others see Jesus in you? Do others see Jesus in you, his love, his compassion, his purity, his joy in you? And then then Billy says this. He says, Make sure of your commitment to Christ and then ask him to change you from within by his Holy Spirit and make you a living witness, say the rest with me please, to the miracle of his transforming power.
2: So our challenge for each one of us here today is to pray for the miracle. Pray for the miracle in your life. Pray like you mean it. Pray like you believe that it will be so. I don't know about you, but sometimes I'm afraid to pray. Because what if what I pray about won't come to pass? I'm afraid that, you know, it's like if I pray, then I'm going to be disappointed, so I just won't. No, take the step. Pray for a miracle. And sometimes our prayers get kind of lost. So how about selecting a trusted friend or family member and letting them know what you prayed for, what the miracle is? Because the miracle could show up and you might even miss it. And that person could say, hey, don't you remember? This is what you prayed about. This is what you asked for. We've got to pray with conviction like we... We expect it to happen. Not because though we're in charge. God is not some marionette in the sky that will just go, whatever you want. No, absolutely not. God knows what's best for us. And and it is true that many of my prayers are not what's best for me. I think that they are, but they are not. And so I have to trust God that in the miracle that I'm asking for currently is to heal my father, another tumor that God's going to deliver the way that God does best. So take a risk and pray and ask. And don't be complacent after you put the prayer out there. Look around. Listen. Look around. You have to be ready to see the miracle because it might look a little bit different than
1: what you asked for. Hmm. Yeah, share with a friend. Even write it down, so then you can come back and see those things that you prayed for. sounds with miracles, as Carrie just alluded to, at times it's difficult recognizing a miracle when it's right in front of you. The reason for that is we often try to box God in as we, as we tell Him what we want how we want the miracle to look, what we want God to, to make happen according to our specifications. Don't put your hand up, but anybody done that? <laughs> but that's not how God works. Thank the Lord. I'm so thankful God doesn't follow my specifications for how things should be done. We don't say jump. God says, how high? How high? We seek God delivers. And the way God delivers may look very different from what you expect, very different from what you hoped for, Uh, may look very different from the specifications and directions that you gave. Just keep this in mind. God's got it covered. (laughs) If God could bring that baby into the manger, the virgin birth, The death and resurrection. If God could do all that, God can handle, I think, just about anything we give to Him. He's got to cover. God's in charge, and God knows best. So be ready for the miracles. Be on the lookout when God delivers. Expect a miracle. Amen. Let's pray. Lord please give us courage, the courage to trust you, the courage to to know that you are in charge and that you are capable of all things. Please help us to know that miracles didn't just happen in the Old and New Testament, that today is still a day of miracles. And please help us the courage and conviction to, uh, to seek a miracle, to give you the opportunity to even surprise us. Please help us to have not only great expectations, please help us to expect a miracle. It's in Christ and in your Holy Spirit, we pray. All God's people said, amen. You know, when when Jesus was sharing his last supper with the disciples, I don't think they were expecting a miracle. I I think they were expecting that this was basically their last get-together, and they didn't know what was going to happen after that. Jesus used that opportunity, a very familiar surrounding, a very familiar um, uh, celebration, the, the Passover celebration, very familiar elements to give new meaning to an old ritual in order to give them something to expect, to give them some hope for the future. And so he took the bread and he, and he, and he thanked God for the bread. And then he offered the bread to his disciples and and he gave new meaning to the bread when he said, this is my body, it's, it's given for you. Take, eat, and when you do that, remember me. Remember me. After supper, he took the cup, the, the, the wine, in our case the juice, and he, he gave thanks to God again, and, and he offered it to his disciples, he said, This is the new covenant, the new promise, the new deal in my blood, poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sin. As often as you drink this, remember me. Remember me. He knew he wasn't going to be with them physically much longer, but he wanted to give them physical reminders that he was here with them and with us through eternity great expectations, miraculous expectations. And so we come to this table today, all are invited. Come to this table with miraculous expectations because that's what Jesus wants to deliver to you. All are invited, but before we come, we're going to take a moment. We're going to talk to God about that stuff in our lives, that junk, that sin in our lives that's coming between us and God and not allowing us to, to realize his full grace, all the love that he wants to give us. I'll start the prayer called a prayer of confession, and then you can pick it up for yourself. Most holy God, gosh, while we're, we're still sinners, you invite us to this table. What a miracle is that? But we are sinners in need of a Savior. Lord, we need to talk to you about that junk in our lives that's coming between us and you. Lord, please hear our prayers.
2: the good news in the name of jesus christ you are forgiven holy spirit bless these gifts of bread and juice may they be for us a means to your grace that unconditional love that you pour out over each one of us like a door opening and we walk in as we receive the bread and the juice thank you for coming into the world to save us, to redeem us, exchanging your life so that we might have life to the fullest and hope to be able to dream again, to have great expectation. Lord, we thank you for giving us life and breath and another day. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: Thank you for joining us for our podcast. For more information about Connection Community Church in Middletown, Delaware, please visit our website at justshowup.church. You can also call our church offices at 302-378-7777.